Morgans, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's myself, Gav Mack, Adam the Greek, and Alex Osborne. Look at you, handsome buggers. Uh, and this is a hatless, as a, a hatless Gav Mack for two up top. And we are going to be reviewing the game day 33 and previewing some of the games that are happening today. Um, Greek, good to see your handsome face. How are you, dude? Uh, I'm good. I, I'm not going to lie, I just woke up. Yeah, um, I'm not that far behind you, to be honest. <laughs> and Alex, how are you, bud? Long time no see. Very well. Yeah, very well. Um, very pleased with our marathon uh, watch long we did yesterday. Uh, I'm quite I'm buzzing about that, to be yeah. fair. Yeah, big thank you to everybody who got involved in that as well. We had over two and a half thousand people across all social media platforms watching with us yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great numbers. Thank you so much for everybody involved. Um, why don't we start with uh, the game that we were watching along. Wolverhampton Wanderers nil, Arsenal 2. Who the hell expected that result? Uh... I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe your most uh, hardened Arsenal fan. Maybe they're always going into each game optimistic. I like to try and be optimistic, but you know it's been hard the in these last few years to be optimistic as an Arsenal fan. But I think there was plenty of signs of encouragement there mm. from, from an Arsenal point of view. Um, what, what, what about you, you Adam? You know where you go into this game, these sort of games, you already have an expectation of what Arsenal team are going to show up and how they're going to react. Did you expect this to happen at all? Um, so I have a theory about Arsenal and the descent in the ranks. And I feel like what Arteta has done in the last few weeks has said, you're either, you're either with us or you're not. And he's taken those boys and he's put them out of the squad. And these guys have come in and, and really clubbed together yesterday. And it was a really, it wasn't a pretty performance by any stretch of the imagination. Arsenal held the ball so well, I thought, in the game. Uh, and they just, when they were in possession, they looked more self-assured than they have done. I feel like they have come together and getting a result like that against Wolves, um, particularly away from home, is is a phenomenal result. So that could be the catalyst for them to kick on. It may not be, you know, they're probably not going to get a Champions League place um, with, with the way the teams have played, playing around them at the moment and Leicester winning as well. Um, but they can really take that attitude from yesterday into next season. Then they've got a lot to be positive about. I just find it really weird seeing Arsenal put in a dogged, performance you know it's not very often that you see Arsenal grind out a victory and that is this is what I'm not saying that Arsenal are going to be champions anytime soon I'm not that stupid however when you see teams at the top it's when they when there are games where they do have to go out and just put in a real doggy performance grind out a 1-0 win or you get lucky with a 2-0 win and that's exactly what Arsenal did there and it's, I think it's very impressive do you know do you know what it was it this was a very peak Graham George Graham Arsenal performance yesterday. Yes, they were yes, organised um, defensively, as you say, dogged. And Greek was Greek's right. He 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 came out a few weeks ago and said, "You're either with us or you're not against us, but you're either with us or you're not." And I think this might have happened anyway. But obviously, the whole Gwendozi thing from Brighton, the Brighton game, it seems to have galvanised the whole squad now with him Arteta coming out and saying so. And I don't know whether he's been made a scapegoat or not, but it seems to be since he's come out the side and he's gone out the squad, we've just all bandied banded together. And hopefully what it does mean is that the board and the higher-ups can back him because imagine what he could do with players that he wants in 
and they're going to be part of the club going forwards when you get better players in that uh, he can kind of get the football he wants to play. Mm. Uh, midweek Arsenal have got Leicester um, Leicester picked up a 3-0 win yesterday at home to Palace uh, this is a giant result for Leicester because they have been in, in absolutely terrible form what did you uh, what did you boys make of the game uh, Adam? Uh, it, again hugely significant and important game I mean they, they didn't look like they were getting going in the first half and then they came out second half and they really just hit the ground running it was like you say it's a hugely important result and Palace would have maybe been harbouring some sort of ideas and I've been saying this in the last few weeks with in regards to Newcastle and Palace particularly and maybe just sneaking into that European frame but Leicester needed this because they've I think they've their last 15 games they've just had I think they've got less than ten points, so they they really had to to get something going, uh, and they and they did. And obviously Vardy stepped up and joined the one hundred club. Uh, Ine and Acho got on the score sheet as well, so they can be really really pleased with that result. Yeah, very true. It's the first victory that they've had in the league since they beat Villa. On uh, I know we've had a, a hiatus, but at the same time, there's still a number of games where we've uh, you know number a number of game weeks. That's one, uh, two. Three, four, five games. It's the first first win in five games in the league. And prior to that, they haven't won in the league since they beat West Ham four one, and that was back in January. So we were we were look, we were looking at this game and we were saying, look, this is a time where if Leicester don't win this game here, there was no chance of them finishing in the top four. Their running's terrible. They've got some real like big sides. They've got Arsenal. They've got United. Um, I, th- I think they might have Liverpool as well. I have to get their fixtures back out. No, they they play uh, they play Ars- no, they, they play Arsenal, Arsenal Le- uh, Tottenham, and Man United on the last game of the season. Yeah, that's right. They've got Bournemouth away who are fighting for relegation. They've got Sheffield United. You'd never know which Sheffield United side is going to turn up now uh, since lockdown. And um, yeah, Man United on the last game of the season. Now that could be that could be such an important game for them. Um, Alex, what what you know? It's, we expect we expected Leicester to win this game before, but. Did you expect them to put in that type of performance yesterday? Uh, well, as, as Adam uh, alluded to, the first half was a bit cagey. Um, and then, yeah, they came out second half. Obviously, Brendan Rodgers must have given them a bit of a rocket at half-time to try and get them going. I think it's, uh, it's very noticeable that uh, Leicester win and Jamie Vardy's got himself on the score sheet. Uh, yeah, very true, yeah. And, um, and it was kind of highlighted on uh, the highlights programme last night on BBC One um, that he was earlier in the game, he was kind of snatching at his chances. And you could see after after those chances gone, he was getting very frustrated, like he was punching the floor. He was like putting his arms up in exasperation. And um, and then the uh, his first goal came, which was kind of gifted to him from Palace uh, with trying to play out from the back, which Whoa, seemed really yeah. weird for a Palace side. What what happened? Why they? I don't really recall that. I think Palace are a team that clear their lines and they'll go from there. But they tried something completely different there, and it well cost them big time. Um, the first goal I thought was quite embarrassing. To be fair, Ian Acho. It's nice to see him get on the score sheet again. But for me, what is Gaeta doing? Like, why is he? Why is he not come out with authority? It's almost like it was a half-assed attempt to try and win the ball, and it is another gift. They're just giving goals away, and mm. I know, I know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that Palace will get into Europe the other day. What I was trying to explain was the fact that they're not far behind points-wise to be because eighth place could be a European spot. What's the harm in them putting a push together and trying to make something happen? Look at it like this: Newcastle, if they get three points today, they'll be equal on the amount of points that Spurs have. So to not include them 
a team like Newcastle in that conversation is is ridiculous because they are there. So Palace are oh, in the no, same yeah. situation. Well, so we, we, went down with, to, we went down to seventh uh, from seventh spot. Arsenal were in seventh spot at the time. There's seven, uh, yeah, there's seven points clear of Southampton in fourteenth. Mm. So and this is this is it. So with, with Palace, I've, I personally feel like with with them yesterday it was concentration levels, and I, I feel like after after the victories that they've had in the last couple of weeks, a few of their players have probably just gone. Well, we've done our bit now. We've survived. Let's just get over the line and let's just get the season mm. done, and then let's just focus on maybe next year or contracts or maybe moving on. I, I don't feel like for Pal- Palace are in a bit of a funny mode at the moment because obviously Roy Hodgson's probably coming to the end of his career. I don't know if, how many more years he's got left in his position. So they're probably going to be looking for a new manager. Uh, mm. Some of them, some of them players are coming towards the end of their contracts. Obviously, Wolf Saha is almost certainly going to leave this summer. So a few of them players are probably looking to jump ship. Maybe they've just down tools a little bit and they're thinking, well, season's done. Let's just get it. Let's just, let's go through the motions. Mm. That's fair. Um, bottom of the league. Norwich. They are doomed, I'm sure. I'm sure yeah, they are doomed. Yeah, you know, their, we, their reaction after the game kind of said so as well, didn't I, it, really? I think, yeah, I think it spoke, it spoke volumes, really. Um, what annoyed me about this game, so yeah, Norwich nil, Brighton won, Trossard with the goal on, on 25 minutes. What annoyed me so much about this game was the fact that Norwich made so many changes. They dropped Pukki, they dropped Wendia, they dropped a number of players. And on the start in the starting lineup, no player has scored more than one Premier League goal. So how are you expected to go out and get a result against a Brighton team which they, they should be thinking, right, we, we could try and get a result against Brighton because they're in and around us sort of thing. They could not necessarily drag Brighton back into it, but it's helped them, like leapfrog them out of out of danger. They're on 21 points. They're, they're not going to be able to move any further forward than this. So the, the thing I, with Norwich is, is that it, it, I'd be disappointed as a Norwich player or uh, as a Norwich fan, particularly, to hear Fark come out and say, oh, it's unrealistic that we're going to survive. I'd at least want to hear some sort of rallying cry and I'd, I'd at least be trying to appeal to those players. And I, I, I had a chat the other day with some guys about Norwich and and the famed double dip from the championship these days. It happened to Sunderland. It it could happen to Huddersfield this year. If Norwich Mm. go down, they're certainly going to lose Buendia, Puki, Campwell. Max Ahrens is definitely on the way out. They've got a lot of decent players. They just don't know how to play together. I I think that's what it is. Because I like that back four. They've, They've got a good back four. Any of those back four can get not not together, not collectively. It's weird. Like any of that back four could go to anyone else in the Premier League and probably a top side of the Premier League. Do you agree with that? Like in terms of like, like for instance, their fullbacks, their fullbacks. Uh, they're, 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 why, I think Max Aaron is definitely the standout player. He's definitely the standout player. Why don't Liverpool go out and they're use all quite them young though, aren't they? They're all quite young, so they could definitely get better. I just don't know. Obviously, you can't really say as a back four they're they're, they're a good back four because they've conceded sixty one got the most goals in the Premier League this season. Yeah, but in, I mean, yeah, individually they are. I, think I mean, looking at they are. I mean, I don't. I can't see Godfrey or Closer getting 
getting contracts at Premier League clubs next year, given given the performances, I thought closer is. I just don't. He's not a proper Premier League footballer. Maybe for a mid-table, top-end Championship side, and maybe if a manager can get the most out of him. But I don't see it's. It, and it is a matter of cohesion because they have got very good individuals. But again, the choice to leave out, you know, Pookie and Campwell yesterday was absolutely ridiculous. They had one shot on target in the whole game, and you can't you can't justify that. So like, it's all well and good trying to play pretty football, but you know, you need you need to have dogged performances you need you need players who are going to scrap for goals and get in the box mm. and they just don't they, like you say one Premier League goal in the starting lineup yesterday that's ridiculous and that is relinquishing you know your your post as a, as a Premier League team they're, 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 we've said they're finished since January and, and you know they, they, obviously post lockdown it doesn't look much better for them Brighton you know completely contrast and if you look at Brighton you know they lost their first game back from lockdown against Man United 3-0 and since then Graham Potter has worked a minor miracle you know I don't I don't see how he's not being considered for, you know, manager of the month this month because yeah, losing three 0 to Man United who, who look fantastic by the way. But you know, they've they've re- I mean beating Arsenal, drawing yeah, they drew against Leicester and then going out and um uh, beating Arsenal, getting a result against Leicester and then coming out and beating Norwich, who is one of their main rivals. They've done fantastically well and there'll be a Premier League team next year for it, which I'm disappointed at because it looks like we won't be able to sign Ben White. <laughs> what's, crack with, what's, what's the crack with Leeds um, got a good result yesterday uh, yeah fantastic first first decent game for Calvin Phillips coming back from lockdown I think he's had a look at himself he really stepped up uh, scored a great free kick we were begging him not mm. to take it and he popped it in the top corner so can't complain uh, 10 points from a possible 15 see the job done but uh, Brentford won't drop a point it's all down to what happens to West Brom I think mm. yeah very true um, Brentford, mentioned- Brentford will be Premier League next year Brentford will I think be uh, just yeah. just touching back on this game as well. Um, after we've got our one per show leads referencing, um, exactly. uh, I think what I think what Daniel Farker was trying yesterday was thinking. Well, it hasn't worked well with the players I've been playing. I'm just going to throw a hail mary and try and try something different, which is why he went with the team that he did yesterday. It didn't work, and yeah, uh, I, I, I pers- obviously he brought those players on, didn't he? Uh, Pookie ended up coming on, Cantwell came on, mm. Bundia came on. And uh, it, yeah, unfortunately, that time, by then, it, was no, it? it was too late. Yeah, um, mm. but the 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 reaction of the Norwich players as soon as the final whistle went kind of summed it all up that they 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 realised that they're pretty much doomed, aren't they? Well, it's funny because like you've gone, like um, Adam uh, alluded to, or was it Adam or yourself, Alex? I can't remember who said it uh, about what Farker said. In regards to, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're not... Oh, um, we're, yeah, it was Adam. Adam said that, yeah. Yeah. Well, the the contrast of that is is Eddie Howe, because he said that they'll be able to win all seven games on the return. Um, it's not really worked out for him very well there. Um, <laughs> Manchester United, five. Bournemouth, two. Now, it could have been a bit hairy, because cause Bournemouth went 1-0 up. Can we just talk about the techers there from, from Stanislas? I don't want to. Ta- I don't want to take anything away from Stanislas, but it's it's very poor from Maguire. It's 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 pure it's pure skill, and I think at that point they should have been worried because Man United already looked good in the game. You know they they took their chance well, and I I was very very close to lumping it on Man United to win and to score over four point five, and I'm uh, full of regret that I didn't because they were absolutely superb and they are really firing on all cylinders. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to challenge for the title next year, but I think that their scrap, I think their scrap for top four is going to be a lot more comfortable. Put it that way. I, I think they're well up there. I think we shouldn't just be looking at City and Liverpool next year. I think we need to be looking at Chelsea. We need to be looking at Man United 
as well. And, you know, I know Wolves didn't pick up the result that they wanted to yesterday, but, you know, every now and then there is a dark horse who sniffs around and just cause, like, just rocks the apple cart a little bit. I think Wolves could be that side. I think Everton will be that side next year. I think that they're really settling in under Ancelotti. And I feel like if they have a couple of good additions in the summer, experienced additions, I feel like Everton are going to be... That top 7-8 in the Premier League is going to be phenomenal next year. The gap between them the and Premier the Premier League is going to be very strong next year, yeah. Uh, yeah, very gonna, much. Especially towards the top of the table anyway. 100%. That bottom half of the Premier League will sort itself out. The top half is going to... It's a shootout. I think whoever... People think Man City are going to come back and, and, you know, smash the title. They've lost eight games this year. They've got a lot of work to do. Liverpool, they need to re-galvanise. Uh, obviously, Man United doing what they're doing. I mean, if they do go out and sign a Jaden Sancho, and that's a real signal of intent, that front line who really look like they're singing to Wally's sing uh, score, uh, song sheet at the moment, Jesus, I'd be fearful for the defensive side of the Premier League. Mm. I think Man United will go on and win the FA Cup this year. Uh, they will beat Chelsea in the semi-final and they will beat whoever they face between Arsenal and Man City in the final. Um, this, 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 they're, they're just too good at the moment. They're too good. When they're, they're all, they're all, they're all playing together. They all know exactly who, who, when, when to sit, when to run, when to overlap. You know, as you said, they're singing from the same uh, song sheet. And uh, Greenwood yesterday was just. Absolutely sexual. Uh, Martial's finish as well. Jesus. I feel like, so there was a there was a good video of uh, Solskjaer before he came in at Man United and he encourages his players to shoot. And that is, that's the key. I always said this I one yard. I remember that video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was kicking off, weren't he? It was an expletive in there. It, this, this is this is what you need, and you need you need him. You need a manager who's going to put confidence in your forwards. And the big chats yesterday again in, in the ATG household. You have to you have to be confident in front of goal. You want your strikers to be a little bit selfish sometimes. Greenwood, I'm going to quote you uh, from the uh, group chat, Gav. He has elite potential. He's that confident. Fifteen goals in a season at 18 years old is phenomenal. So between him, Rashford, Martial. And any additions that they bring in, I hate to say it because it's such a cliche, but Pogba and Pogba and Fernandez really, really firing on all cylinders as well together. They look good. They look very good. So maybe just a little bit of plug in at the back, and I think that they could could be in a good position next year. Yeah, yeah. Pogba and Fernandez have turned that side around completely because. Um, it, it, they just get the ball quicker to their strikers. And as you see, their strikers, we, we put the graphic up yesterday during our watch-long about how many goals and assists that they've got. They've done this season, what, Martial, Rashford and Greenwood. All, all three of them have got at least 16 goals this season between all three of them. And that's yeah, what? That's got more than Liverpool. So as soon as you get the ball to them, where the you know, opposition defence hasn't got organised, it's curtains. And Bournemouth, as it was shown yesterday, they were they were run ragged, absolutely run ragged. They put on that, defences on, on the back foot. Yeah. I, I know that they were trying to instil a little bit of confidence by saying, you know, we could go out and win all seven games. But don't you think that's probably adding more pressure on Bournemouth? <sighs> I feel like he's just trying to he's trying to g his team up, so he's going the other way to Daniel Farker, and and, and, yeah. I, and I see what he's doing. I, I, it's it's disappointing for me, and it's a disappointing end to Bournemouth stay in the Premier League because they have they've been fantastic. They've been so unlucky with injuries this year, and they've just put themselves in a position where they're unable to win games. And now I think it's a mentality issue. Uh, I I've, I don't think they're in trouble. For example, next year I feel like they'll bounce back and they'll be you know playoffs maybe pushing for automatic depending on how they get on in the summer. Maybe they'll go for fresh blood and they'll, that Eddie Howe won't stick around. I. I'd be very 
worried if that he didn't for Bournemouth. He's he's done so much for them as a club. I feel like he can be like their Sean Dyche and he will bring them back up. But he'll be a sought after manager almost certainly, given how he's turned that club from you know League Two fodder to a Premier League four. Yeah, yeah. So uh, for Bournemouth, it is over for them in my opinion. It's not that you know they pick up a couple of wins and you know they've got important games coming up. Anything can happen, but I, I feel like they're down. Um, one team that are getting away with uh, other teams around them messing up and fluffing up their lines are Watford. They went down 3-0 yesterday to Chelsea. Chelsea desperate to bounce back after their shock defeat during the week against West Ham. Is that the type of performance that they needed to put in? From a Chelsea perspective? Mm. Uh, becoming Becoming more dogged. Uh, Giroud has become a real weapon up front for them. He just hammers into the centre-backs and he gives them such a headache that it allows the wide players and Mason Mount to run right and it's really, really working for them. So maybe Frank's found his niche. Uh, you know, he's, he's he's not reliant, overly reliant on one or two players. They're, they seem to be quite a collective at the moment and they look like they can free score when they want to. Yeah. Um, Watford. They, I think they're lucky that there's other teams around them that are getting slapped. Well, as we mentioned before, all of the teams at the bottom, other than that West Ham win, uh, haven't really won a game or they're not winning too many games. So they're all staying close together because they're all not picking up points. Uh, so uh, Watford's kind of got away with it, with Bournemouth losing, Norwich losing, uh, Villa played to day I think don't they yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, West Ham play today if West, if, if West Ham win today they, they, they'll put a bit of a gap between them and the teams below them and kind of got those couple of victories that they that the bottom sides need to pull themselves out of it um, we're still looking at the table right now Watford have only won six games all season they've only mm. won six games mm. in 33 in 33 so that even that little Nigel Pearson Little four that, uh, report. Four well, in the past now. It's... Yeah, four of those, four, four out of those six wins were in a little period just when when Nigel Pearson first came in. So yeah, if it were for that, we'd be looking at a derby situation right now. Yeah, it's that uh, <laughs> they would be bottom of the table if they didn't have that little run. Um, so I, I, I'm trying to see what, what, who Watford's last fixtures are. I mean, they've got so they've they've got Norwich on Tuesday. That's the that's the key game. If they win that, well, it's their next three games, isn't it? Looking at yeah, it, yeah. So that they have to get that. They have to be done and finished by Man City. If they get yeah. six points out of Norwich and West Ham, I think they'll be okay because obviously beating those two teams will basically condemn those guys to a last two game scrap. And obviously. Yeah. It, the most important one, I think, is West Ham versus Villa, last game of the season. I think that'll be the one that decides who goes down out of those two. Uh, and I, and I feel, do. yeah, and I, and I feel like at the moment, from what I can see, I mean, West Ham obviously beating Chelsea was a massive, massive result for them because they would be, they they would be second bottom. But I feel like Villa have got a couple of match winners in there. I personally feel like it's looking like West Ham. I feel like Norwich. I, I feel like Watford do have the quality, but they've got an aging squad and they've they've got a big summer ahead, regardless of which league they're in. Mm. Um, Chelsea, yeah, as I said before, like, they were desperate to pick up uh, a victory after their their shock defeat during the week. This is this is now a decent opportunity for them to to lay a gauntlet down a, a little bit and say no, top four is definitely ours because it is getting tight now. 
between those uh, between those sides in, in the in the top well, from from third down to sixth. It is getting it is getting tough for them. And Chelsea's running, you know, it, they they should be okay, but you never know what's going to happen. Um, they've got Palace away on Tuesday. They've got Sheffield United um, on uh, away on the on the next weekend. They've also got to play. Um, Norwich, which should be fine for them, but then it's their last three games. It's not looking tidy for the, on that front. They've got Man United in the FA Cup, of course. They've got Chelsea. Yeah, they've got Liverpool away, and they've got Wolves at home on the last day of the season. It's uh, if, again very significant. They they need to really be picking up nine points out of their next three to sort of guarantee that. Right, okay. And other teams around them may drop points. I think a few of them play each other. And then, it, again, those last two games of the season, uh, well, three games for Chelsea, obviously hugely significant because they're Liverpool and Liverpool. And yes, I know Liverpool got absolutely slapped up by Man City last week. But, you know, maybe they've taken their foot off the gas, but you're still playing against one of the best possession teams, probably the best possession team in the world. So it's going to be a tough mm-hmm. one. That game against Man United, um, the FA Cup, is it, is it something that they, they really want to prioritise, the FA Cup? I personally would probably be looking at that Wednesday game against Liverpool and saying, right, maybe we should, maybe we should guarantee Champions League football over Europa League next year and an FA Cup victory. I, if I was a Chelsea fan, I, it's a very, very difficult one because you've got to respect the trophies and obviously if you're in that position, you want to go out and win everything. But That's Champions thing, League, Champions it? League, Champions League football is the difference for me. Yes, they've signed Werner and yes, the ex on his way as well and you know potentially other players. But you know the difference between Europa League. You, you guys have seen it a couple of years in the Europa League for Arsenal. It does affect you in the transfer market. So. Mm. Um... We're going to talk about the, some of the games that are happening today. And we're just waiting on, on, on Flo Wolfram, who's going to be joining us uh, very shortly, to speak about the, the Pokal final uh, from last night for a couple of moments. But um, before we go on to that, I'll we'll talk about things that are happening in Germany. We've got, um, we've got Thiago Silva, which looks like he signed terms to join Liverpool. Uh, how, what, uh, what impact do you think that Thiago will have on the Liverpool side, Alex? Thiago Silva, as in the... PSG centre half. Ah, uh, from Bayern Munich. Okay. Uh, interesting. I don't know whether that they're trying to signal a change in philosophy then, or they're just going for a plan B because he doesn't really fit into the way that Liverpool play. Yeah. If if he does, if he, if he's the one that they're going to be bringing in. Um, I think maybe Klopp's going for this could be their their their, their signalling of this is what our plan B is going to be. See, I think that we've, we've spoken about how industrious Liverpool are and that they, even though they've been brilliant, there's no criticism really to how they've played, but they do lack someone with creativity and he could be that person. I don't know what your thoughts are, Adam. Uh, I think I've, I think at the end of the day, signing you know a, a Spanish international of the caliber of Thiago, you know um, Guardiola got the best out of him. Obviously, like at Barcelona and at Bayern Munich, you walk the league every year, pretty much, um, particularly since he's been there. Um, I think he's won the league every year. Uh, it might be a shock to the system for him coming to the Premier League. It's about how he adapts, really. Again, I think it is a plan B. I don't think he's going to walk in as a starter, particularly with the ascendance of um, Fabinho. Uh, I don't. I don't feel like 
I do Liverpool do lack a really really creative midfielder. A lot of their creativity comes from Firmino. So again, maybe it's just a little bit of a change of system. We'll see. But at the end of the day, I think it's a great signing uh, on a free transfer. I don't think he'll be on a colossal amount of money either. I think he's probably looking at that, going right. I'm going to go to one of the best teams in the world with, in my opinion, the best coach in the world, and you know I'm going to be up there in every competition that I play in, rather than you know walking the league every year. It must be mundane playing for Bayern Munich. <laughs> yeah, just winning all the time it gets really boring. I was going to go join join Norwich. Um, no offense to yeah. Norwich. Um, yeah, just uh, just waiting on floats coming. I'm sure it's, it'll be in in a couple of seconds. So I don't really want to move on to the previews of today's games and then cut back. Um, but um, there's there's other things happening in Germany at the moment. We also got a playoff uh, situation between. Heidenheim, who was no one expected Heidenheim to be knocking around. And then we've also got uh, Werder Bremen. The first game ended nil-nil. Werder Bremen were down to 10 men. Um, and the next fixture is coming up pretty soon as well. It's either um, today or tomorrow. Uh, and whoever wins that will be in the Bundesliga for next year. I, th- I, don't, I don't see Heidenheim really getting a result there. But football is a crazy game. Um, and before we uh, before carry on as well, um, underneath you're about to see all the all the social media links. You got uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Two at Top Football. So that is the handle on all social media platforms. And also, if you stick our name in Google, if you just put in, or if you're on Google and you think, oh, what's going on with the football lot? Oh, he's putting, oh, Two at Top. All our stuff comes up. Brilliant. So you can listen to it. You can watch it. Fantastic. Who would you, if you could cherry pick? A couple of players from the Bundesliga for Arsenal. From what you've seen, who would you, who would you take realistically? Obviously, Havertz looks like he's he's going to end up at Madrid or Man City. I would look at. It depends. There's a lot of young players. I would look at maybe a Diaby. Yeah. Um. I, I would probably look at uh, from Leverkusen. I would look at uh, maybe a Sane, uh, the defender at the back for uh, uh, for Hertha Berlin. I like him. Um. What about Upper Meccano? Do you think that that's finally going to happen, or whether well, he's going to be good enough? I think I think Upper Meccano thing. It's I think it's a it's lot been of money. Out. It's dragged out as well. He's a very very good defender. We've seen that already. I just I just think we should be looking. I think Arsenal should be looking at you know signing the better players from the smaller clubs rather than trying to sign the better players from the bigger clubs. So I don't think they'll have the same. I don't think they'll have the the driver desire to go play for Arsenal. Where um, if you pick a player with from a smaller club, they will be more driven. You know that's okay. what Liverpool. That's what Liverpool did. That's what Man City did. Uh, yeah, they, they, they do. But Arsenal are a bigger club than Leipzig, so there's still a step up for Upper Much bigger. Would you uh, take the much um... bigger in terms of history? But they're not much bigger because. You know, Leipzig are playing Champions League football every year. Arsenal aren't doing that anymore. Well, it, 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 well, they haven't really been playing Champions League football every year. It's only been in the last couple of years. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Would you it, take, it, play, it, would you take yeah. player from Munch and Gladbach? Um, 30, 33 goals in in all competitions this year. No, I, I would take to Ram. Uh, uh, t- uh, ten goals, sorry, in all in all, uh, in all yeah. appearances. I won't. I won't. T- I won't take. I won't take player because he's a bit older. Twenty-seven. Yeah. I would want players that are a little bit younger than that. Um, Flo's just about to join in. Um, he's just uh, sorting his uh, camera out, and um, I'm just going to feed him in right now. Um, you right there, dude? <laughs> hey guys, you all right? <laughs> I'm all right. Oh, how awesome, <laughs> how, uh, how how's your head? Uh, it's getting better because. Uh... Already have uh, two pints of beer in my belly, so uh, I'm fine. I can show you maybe a 
little uh, look around. Uh, hello, guys. <laughs> welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show, team. <laughs> welcome to the show. Right, um, brought you on for a few minutes. Don't want to take too much time out your day because you're clearly, clearly busy. Um, and just talk about the Pokal from last night. Um, Bayer Leverkusen 2, Bayern Munich 4. Um, not the result that you're expecting. It's um, yeah, tough, 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 tough one to take, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Sorry. Very, being objective, I would have expected kind of a result like this because it's exactly the same result we had in the, in the league match. But of course, mm -hmm. you're, you're hoping all the time. The, the whole week, I've never seen something like this before. The whole city of Leverkusen was black and red. Everything, all buildings were flagged and the people were walking around in, uh, in their jerseys and their kids. Was, uh, the experience before was great. I loved the whole day until uh, kick-off. So yeah. <laughs> I tried to enjoy the day until kick-off as much as I uh, could. could. Cheers, by the way. Bayern Munich has such class and team. Uh, the free kick from uh, from Alaba was insane. Mm. But um, we were kind of beating ourselves yesterday because the foul from Tabsova was unnecessary after the, uh, before the second goal from Munich. Wendell should have uh, stayed back and not attacking because he should have uh, closed the way for the pass. <laughs> and then the uh, square ball from Bongerdinger before the three-nil. Bayern, I hope you can understand me, it's kind of loud right now. Bayern didn't need to, to do much more than they use than they have. You know? Yeah, they didn't need to put a lot of pressure on, did they? And there was an opportunity for Volland, and if he had scored that, that could have been a whole different ball game. Oh, yeah. And after that opportunity, there was a three-nil for Munich, and the game was over. And uh, shots were on the table, yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame. Um, what's what's going to go forward? I mean, like, um, it looks like Havertz will probably move on in the summer. Do you think there will be any more movements for Bayern uh, for Bayern Leverkusen in the summer? Uh, could you repeat your question? I didn't understand you. It, it, it probably looks like that that uh, Kai Havertz will leave this summer. Do Do you think that anyone else will be leaving Bayern Leverkusen this summer? Um, <laughs> yeah, but Kai would be the, the most important player. We have some lone players like Tim Jedwa, who's playing for Augsburg. I hope he leaves. Dragovic, maybe, because uh, he has not the, the amount of uh, time he wants to uh, stay on, have on the pitch. Sorry, Alario, maybe kind of. From my point of view, Alario is a great striker. Yeah. But it seems like uh, it does not yeah. fit to uh, Peter Boss' idea of, uh, of playing yeah. football. So he, uh, he scored. He scored every time he plays. He, he either scores or creates something. I absolutely missed him yesterday on the pitch because he's a, he's a, a striker in the box. You know, if you bring in the crosses, if you uh, send him before the goal, he scores his goals. Yeah. But uh, Peter Boss prefers uh, a striker who's playing with the team, with maybe falling a little bit back, getting the ball and sticking it to the fast wingers. So yeah. I, I'm afraid that maybe Alario will leave because he has every reason. He's a, he's a great striker and he's, uh, yeah, from my point of view, he's a solid 15 uh, goal striker every year. Yeah, he definitely. Play all the games, he would strike at least 12, 12, 13, 14, 15 goals, maybe. Mm. No, he's a good player. I, I do like him. Now, there, there is one opportunity for Silverware still. You are in the Europa League. Do you think you could go out and win that? I'm really looking forward to that competition because uh, we have a huge 
huge favor for us that we can stay in our stadium, use our training facilities. All the other teams have traveled to Germany to the Rhein-Ruhr area, playing in Düsseldorf, Duisburg, Cologne. And uh, I, if you would have asked me before the match yesterday, I would have said I prefer to win the cup in Cologne. Yes. Yeah, this would be. Uh, <laughs> <against all. laughs> do you think? Um, do you think Leverkusen are at a slight well, and, and other teams in Europe are at a slight advantage over the the, uh, the British teams that are left in the competition because obviously they're going to still be in their domestic campaigns going into that, or will they have the momentum? Does it actually give them an advantage? Do you think now that you've got a couple of weeks off? I think there's an advantage. I was uh, talking to a fitness coach recently from the first team. And he, he said, yeah, 10 or 12 days, it's okay for the players, they won't lose any kind of fitness in this time. So now our players have a couple of days off, then we can focus entirely on this competition. Usually in the regular season, you have the Bundesliga, you have the cup running, and you have the European Cup, and Europa League is treated like, I don't know, like a second child or something like that from German clubs. Mm. And... Uh, Stepchild. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now we have just the entire focus on this competition. This is the first time. It's really good. Yeah, brilliant. All right then, Flo. Thank you very much. I'll let you enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy the beers. <laughs> See you later, boys. Thank you very much, guys. My guys over here. Cheers. Bye, bye. Oh. We are champions of England. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a Liverpool lad here. Oh, poor buggers. Let's talk about Liverpool. Liverpool will play later on today. Um, five, uh, sorry, 4.30 kickoff live on Sky Sports. Um, Liverpool, they've, we, we know, we've won, they've won the title. You know, they put a full-strength side out against uh, against Man City. Didn't get a result. Do you reckon they'll go full-strength again? I think we might see some minutes for... For Nico Williams today, uh, he looked really, really impressive when he's when he's played. Um, obviously, the, that last result you can put it down to a freak occurrence, but uh, Villa can't defend for Toffee, so I feel like there's going to be goals in this one. I'd probably go over three point five goals for Liverpool. I think they're going to come out. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be Villa today myself. That's a bold. Prediction, I think Harvey Elliott might get a start as well actually today. Who? Sorry, Harvey Elliott. Yeah. I can see, I can see a couple of the kids like being being blooded through over the next few weeks. I think they should. They've got no they've got nothing else to play for now. You know, it's, it's other than trying to break records, they've got nothing else to play for whatsoever this season. So, you know, I can see them picking up fourteen points in their last five games, six games. So they've got they've got a they could be the first team to win all their home matches in a league season. So obviously. Villa's probably the easier game out of the ones that they've got. No disrespect to Villa or anything. Again, they've got they've got good players in the squad. They've got people who can score. You know, they, they can score goals when they want to. Grealish, if, if Liverpool suppress Grealish in this game, which I think they will, I feel like Fabinho will do a job on him if they if that's how they start. Um, but yeah, I think they should be bringing in the youngsters for these last few games. Like if if anyone's going to put it up the first team and say, right, you know, you didn't perform against Man City, you had a hangover, whatever. But then we'll see. Klopp is Klopp is. Klopp is the guy. He knows what he's doing. So we'll see. It does indeed. Um, yeah, it's going to be a slap in. I'm looking at like a three nil job um, there. So um, the game that's coming up in 20 minutes time is Burnley versus Sheffield United. Now, 
before the game, well, before like before lockdown, I would have predicted this this one quite easily. It would have been a really comfortable two um, 0 win or something like that for for Sheffield United. But Burnley were a weird side, and they're not that bad at home either. What way do you see this going, boys? Alex, I I don't know if I would have predicted such a comfortable two 0 win for Burn uh, for Sheffield United uh, in this Probably, game before before, before um, lockdown, hundred percent. I, I don't know. I don't know. Burnley are a difficult side to play at home, and for Sheffield United, who are very system regimented, I wouldn't have said it would have been such a comfortable result. Uh, I'm still going to go with a draw for this for this game. Low scoring draw, maybe nil nil, one one, that type of thing. Uh, I, I think both sides are going to be. I think they're going to cancel each other out somewhat. And uh, yeah, uh, cue a high-scoring game four-three or something. That's kind of where I see in this game going. I, I think it will be a very tight affair. To be fair, they went. Uh, Sheffield went three games without scoring before beating Tottenham three-one. Um, so they have been struggling to find the net. It's difficult for me to predict this. We've been we've been waxing lyrical about you know, uh, Wilder all year. If Burnley win this game, they go above Sheffield proper on 48 wow. points. So it's really, I think people need to really, really put some respect on Sean Dyche's name. I I feel like we're in for a bit of a shock here and I, and I feel I'm going to go low scoring. I'm, I'm going to go 1-0, maybe 2-0 Burnley. Burnley. I feel Burnley like they're going to, I, I feel like they're going to, I feel like they're going to bully Sheffield today, Burnley at Surfmore. They're going to come out there. Dyche is going to have them well drilled and he's going to say right get out there put it up um, they, they don't like it when you when you when you bully them Sheffield they like to they, they like to play on the counter and I just feel like if they invite Burnley in deep with those crosses uh, and the way that they can break teams down uh, really hammer you in, in the final third I feel like Burnley could get a result and if they do then my word that you know fair play to them they've had a, they've had a great season Burnley and they've really really they've really made something out of nothing yeah, I, I agree. That's so true. Uh, I'm going to go with a Sheffield United win, though, just because the way they did perform against Spurs, especially when they were when they were two 0 up, they looked really comfortable, really assured. And I could see I could see Sheffield United using that as a catalyst in today's game. And um, yeah, as Alex said, they are regimented the way they they handle their work. You know, they're very well drilled. And I think that will that will be enough for, for them to, to push forward to, and get a result today. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a Sheffield United win. I'm going with a 1-0 win. Uh, I want to see an Ollie Norwood screamer for about 25 yards out. Um, one, they, they, well, there's, there's, there's important games everywhere. There's always important games in the Premier League. That's why it's the best league in the world. Second best league in the world behind the Bundesliga. Um, but um, Newcastle versus West Ham. Very big game. Very important game. For both teams, really, because Newcastle, you know, they they they're going to want to finish as high as possible for when this takeover comes out. They could turn around and say, "Yes, we ended here and attract some more names." And then West Ham, they're languishing down the bottom. So, tough one here. Go on, Adam. Uh, I'm I'm going Newcastle win. I feel I feel like they've found something in the last few. In the last few weeks since since lockdowns come back, maybe again prove you prove you want to be here for the revolution, something like that. They've got good players in the squad. Uh, I don't know if it's a basis to move forward. You know, if they do get the takeover sorted out, then you know they, they're going to make some serious ac- acquisitions. Uh, Steve Bruce hasn't done his. You know, 
he might be the manager of the month since, since we came back. He, he's he's done a great job. And again, another another three points. And you know they're they're even with Tottenham. They're even with Burnley. They go above Everton. It's a it's a big day for Newcastle. Uh, this this is if you know if they if they go out and put a lackluster performance in against a languishing West Ham and you know potentially see a West Ham survival, then you know Newcastle will just sort of peter out. Those players will be moved on and, and they'll move into whatever their future may hold. But you know some of these players they want to prove it's, it's it's about egos for me. They've got to go out there and really try and prove a point. I think and I think Steve Bruce is is he's getting a lot out of them. Barring obviously the the Manchester City game. Uh, you know they've been they've been brilliant. So I, I'm I'm going to go for a two 0 comfortable Newcastle win. Alex, I want to talk to you about West Ham's running because they've got Newcastle today, and um, their next few, uh, the next five fixtures after that: Burnley at home, Norwich away, Watford at home, United away, and we know that they've got Villa on the last game of the season. I would say out of all the teams down at the bottom, they've probably got the most favourable running. Uh, apart from the Manchester United fixture, uh, because you look at those fixtures, they've got they would they, they would look at four of those five. There's fixtures that we should we could win these games, actually legitimately win them. I know Burnley, uh, Burnley are obviously uh, in the top half and they're playing well. Uh, they're, they're obviously doing well. But if I was a West Ham player, I'd still be looking at that game, thinking, especially as we we're at home in that game. We, we could win this game. That's a game that we could be winning. So, Norwich, bottom of the table, we're better than them. We could win that game. West uh, Watford, well, that's a six-pointer if you if, uh, if there ever yeah. saw one. Um, mm-hmm. And then also the West, uh, as uh, Adam has already alluded, alluded to earlier in the, in the show, the Aston Villa game is also a is significant fixture on the last game of the season. So, West Ham, for me, they it, it, out of all the clubs down there, they have the most favourable running set of fixtures for for a team to actually give themselves a chance of of getting out of the uh well staying up mm. um all these games are on sky sports today all the all the games today apart from the final game uh, that we're going to be talking about and that is southampton versus man city um on paper it's very comfortable but this is the premier league anything can happen what do you think adam uh, 4-0 Man City. Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I can't really see past Man City for this one. I just hope that Foden just carries on playing. Uh, uh, that that that's that's why I'll be watching this game. For me I think personally. I'm being I think I'm being disrespectful towards Southampton, who again have probably made a little something out of nothing. They're not going to get three points today, but they've they've had some real players turn up in the last few weeks. So Redmond's put out some really good performances. Uh, Ings him. Ings has been Ings. great. Ings. Yeah. Fun. They've been, they've been great. Some of their players have done themselves a real justice and Hasselhunt needs a lot of credit because they were yeah. properly, properly languishing and he, t- yeah. he turned it around. He had a little change in the system. They went a little more on the front foot and started playing to some of their players' strengths and I think going forward, you know, they're, they're not up there but they're, they're a solid, above average about their team in terms of going forward. Danny, Danny Ings has to be in the England frame because he's been phenomenal and, you know, people said Liverpool was above his level. Who's to say it was? You know, he, he had injuries and he was... He didn't, you know, he didn't get his fair crack of the whip there. He moved to Southampton and he's taken points off of Liverpool's rivals this year. So, well, Klopp, Klopp was open and honest about his his opinion of Ings, and he was gutted to to see him go. Ings yeah. wants to start every game. He's not able to do that at Liverpool. He's never going to be able to start that at Liverpool. But Klopp didn't want him to leave, and yeah, so it, I think that's that's a testament to to how good 
Ings has been. I've been singing his praises all season, and people have been taking the Mickey and stuff. And you know, Ings get him on the plane, or said that from the beginning. He's he's a great striker. And he's only twenty seven, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think what could happen to him with the emergence of Mason Greenwood, I think he might, he, he possibly might miss out. Maybe year. it'll be. Maybe it'll be good for his club form and maybe that's what he'll prioritise. Yeah. Everyone wants to yeah. appear for their country. Some players, they don't. Maybe he'll look at that and, you know, he'll be grateful that his injuries aren't there. It, obviously, he'll take the rest at the end of the season that he deserves because he's not carried Southampton, but he's certainly carried their front line. I think he's scored over 40% of their goals. So it, I think it's a very similar situation with Jamie Vardy and Leicester, isn't it, with Danny Ings and Southampton? Yeah. I feel like... I feel like a Leicester, so this is my, my point about Ings' future, not that, no disrespect to Southampton or anything, but if Leicester, you know, they, they need to replace Vardy at some point. He's 33 years old. They can't be overly reliant on him, particularly if he's having goal droughts, you know, and he is getting older. So he, his fitness is going to start to wane and that pace is going to dissipate, you know, in, in, the, in the years, the 18 months even to come. So maybe Leicester would be a good fit for Danny Ings going forward. Southampton, not that they're mid-table fodder, but, you know, Again, they're, you're never too far away from yo-yoing down to the bottom like Bournemouth. They've had, you know, five, six great years. And so they've had one bad season and it looks like it could cost them. If that happens to Southampton, Danny Ings certainly is a Premier League player. And again, like of that England calibre, maybe maybe a Leicester would be a good fit for him. Maybe a Newcastle if they, you know, if, if they do bits in the transfer market, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Well, we're going to be finding out whether any of our predictions are correct uh, watching the games later on today and then coming back on air tomorrow um, around I think about five o'clock I'll have to double check and let everyone know in the world um, when we are, are online but then make sure you tune into all of our stuff make sure you go on our YouTube channel because there's a lot of people that are watching our YouTube channels and not subscribing so continue to subscribe when you watch our video and like because we appreciate that we want to get to 100 um, so we can change the domain name so we can have it to top football and everything and put it on billboards and whatever um, make sure you tune on Thursday Thursday as well. On Thursday, we've got our, our, our top fives in five midfield and we've got loads of new projects and things like that that are happening. So keep an eye on all our social media. As you can see, it all running along the bottom. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all at to at top football and the hashtag TUTF. Uh, but for myself and the boys, uh, thank you and goodbye.